Let's get real, let's get inspirational, a little bit emotional, and let's shed some sunshine. This is the Sunshine Steven Podcast. Welcome! Good day and happy Wednesday! And welcome back to the Sunshine Steven Podcast. Hopefully your April has been showered with lots of fun and joy and all that jazz. Today, I'm talking to author of A Star is Bored, Byron Lane, who is also the husband of Stephen Rowley, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, I want to say two or three episodes ago, so um, what a dynamic duo. Beautiful couple, talented couple, so make sure you you follow their journey, (laughs) along with um, today's conversation, where where we are. Um, where we are talking all about um, Byron's book um, and some other fun stuff thrown at him with rapid fire questions. And then afterwards, make sure you join us for Meditation Minute. And sorry that Rose is click clacking in the background. She just, again, wants to be the center of attention. Anywhoozle, let's get to it. Welcome to the Sunshine Stephen podcast. How are you, friend? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, anytime. And you are in a different time zone. So I always start with that icebreaker of since Rose wants to chime in too, she wants to know as well. Oh, <laughs> I love so, Rose. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, let me, I want to interview. Uh, when I used to work from home, when the pandemic first started, I would have a lot of Zoom meetings like most of us. And she would just come up and stare at the screen at everybody. And they'd be like, oh, hey, Rose, what's up? Oh, I love it. Yeah. This is Rose's podcast, sir. It is. It is yeah, I'm going to have to change it to something that alliteration with Rose, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rose the something. Rose records. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She'll probably do better than I would <laughs> with stats and everything. Stop. Anywho, how is the weather where you're at? I'm always curious because oh. I'm horrible at geography. <laughs> uh, well, where are you? I'm in Florida. so <laughs> Florida. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I'm in Palm Springs, California. So just a couple hours outside of Los Angeles. And it's beautiful and sunny and blue sky and a little cool. I'm wearing a sweatshirt, two layers. Yeah. And, it's it's uh, similar to that today, but tomorrow probably like 150. <laughs> so oh man, yeah, <laughs> never known Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um we actually just moved back to Florida from North Carolina um, when we lived there for two years. It snowed twice and it wasn't even good snow, but now they have like all these snowstorms and everything. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad we missed out on that because I'm from Florida and I wouldn't do well with the no ice. No kidding. I went to uh, see my husband's family over Christmas and uh, early one morning I got up to get coffee and it was, it was still dark out and I'm kind of, what is that noise? And it's uh, my husband's sister's husband out shoveling snow. There's a machine. It's, and I just thought to myself, I can't, (laughs) I can't do it. I can't do it. Before coffee, before the sun comes out. No, no way. (laughs) There's no way I would, no, I would tap out immediately and say, well, we're just staying inside today. (laughs) y'all." Well, Florida and Palm Springs were making good choices. Yes, exactly. Um, So I am so happy to have you. You are one of my um, guest uh, wish list people um so I, I just finished your book which is mainly what we're going to be talking about today but before we get into that I always like to throw it over to you 
and let you kind of introduce yourself because you know yourself better than anybody else um, and kind of give the listeners a feel for who you are. Okay, Uh, so I'm Byron and um, I'm originally from New Orleans and got into the television news business as a writer and then a TV reporter. So I worked in Louisiana for a bit and then I worked in Vegas for a bit. And then I moved to Los Angeles to kind of get into screenwriting and all that stuff. And someone uh, worked for an agency and they were looking for kind of a nerdy um, (laughs) writer type guy um, to be an assistant to Princess Leia, which was how it was presented to me. And I thought, well, I don't know, but let me meet her and see how it goes. And we met and it was really cool and magical. And so, uh, so I took that job and, uh, and I, I wrote a book about it called A Star is Bored. Awesome. Yeah. Did not know you were a TV news reporter. That is oh my one gosh. of those jobs that I always thought as a kid, like, that would be so much fun. Yeah. But now I'm like, uh, mm. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, it was really hard. So Vegas was, um, Vegas is just kind of a, a nutty town. And I worked for the morning show, which sounds really cool, except you have to get to work at midnight. So yeah. get to work at midnight, listen to a police scanner with a photographer. We would drive around from crime scene to crime scene. And whatever was the worst thing was our story for that night. So for that morning. So it was really, uh, it was kind of depressing. I was exhausted all the time. Um, yeah, but I did definitely. get to all kinds of people and uh, no day was the same, you know? Yeah, no, I, um, after work, watching the morning show with Reese Witherspoon and, um, Jennifer Aniston I was like yeah that doesn't look like fun (laughs) getting up that early and everything like that I still truly think I am still recovering from um the sleep craziness of that time oh I bet actually now that I think about it a memory was just triggered I used to work during college overnight at a hotel and for a period of time there was a reporter for the local news station that stayed there um she lived in I think Orlando so she would travel to Jacksonville and do and I mean, every morning at like three in the morning, she'd be checking out to go and she's like heading into work. And I'm like, uh, nope, couldn't do it. I know, <laughs> I know. Nope. Um, and I do have to get this out of the way because I always uh, get this reaction when I say, <laughs> so you mentioned Princess Leia. I have never seen any Star Wars <laughs> wow. movie ever. Um, People always, I have seen one episode of The Mandalorian. It was not by choice. Somebody forced it into me. Uh I feel like one day I need to just sit down and watch them all. Because honestly, it's it's classic. Maybe it'll change your life. And suddenly you'll be like, oh my God, I understand humanity in a different way. (laughs) I can now, you know, but uh, yeah, you know, Carrie, uh, she would be obsessed with people who had never seen Star Wars. She loved it uh, because it was such uh, such an anomaly. Yeah, know? it um, definitely yeah, it definitely is. And um, preparing for this, I was talking to my sister-in-law and everything, and she's horrible with celebrity names and everything. And I was like, oh, you know, give a backstory. And I was like, Carrie Fisher. And she was like, I was like, Princess Leia. And she was like, oh, okay. It's a cultural, like, you know who she is from that. But me growing up, this is because I was too young to watch these movies, but I'm obsessed with it now. I knew who she was from Scream 3, her bit part in that. I love it. I love it. And then I was like, let me read. And I was like, oh shit, she's like way bigger than that. So cool. That's Um, very cool. It is, it is always a, I want to watch them, but it's always my fun fact whenever I do icebreakers with new groups of friends and they say, say something that will make everybody interested. And I'm like, never seen Star Wars. And they're all like, 
are you human? Are you okay? It's, it's shocking. It's original. I love it. Don't change your brand. Okay. You got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably will one day though. I'm going to watch them. <laughs> yeah. So um, speaking of your book, I do want to dive into that. Um, it was a, it was amazing. I loved it. And I'm not just saying that to be that person. Um, it made me laugh. It made me cry, but don't take offense to that because I'm a Pisces and I cry like everything. There's been before I'm like, I, I, I read this or I watched this and it, you know, made me laugh when I need to cry when I need to and everything. Um, but the, one of the biggest parts is I have uh, mommy issues I guess you can say not really that sounds weird not in the way like daddy issues are but my mom passed when I was very young so that whole journey with yeah it just it tore me up I was like oh I need to take a break because this is bringing back some trauma but it was just so beautifully written um, so I do want to dive into that and how you were inspired to write this what was the process like was it like oh, let me just write it all down or did it take some time? Um, just walk us through that process. Sure. Well, first, thank you so much for the kind words. And uh, I'm so glad that it connected with you. And that really does mean so much to me. And when I have bad days, I really do flip in my head through the, the pictures of the people who have, who have uh, been so supportive and kind. Oh, yeah. And thank you. Thank you. Of course. Um, so I worked for Carrie. It was life-changing. It was so meaningful. I was going through a really dark time in my life. And suddenly I met this person who was like the sun yeah. and, uh, and made me feel alive. And, um, and uh, then I, so I, I worked with Carrie for uh, about three years. And uh, then it became a little bit of a thing of like, whose life am I living? Am I living her life? Am I living my life? And this is a thing that many assistants go through, especially personal assistants who have right. to be so enmeshed with the day-to-day -day of their, their boss's existence. And, uh, and then I thought, you know, I, I do want things for myself. I want to build a family. Um, I want to, uh, it was hard to date working for her. You know, it was just, it was hard to have family um, holidays. Cause I was, uh, working over the holidays, you know, so I just decided I want a life for myself. So I, so I left and, um, and then a couple of years later she died mm -hmm. and, uh, I posted a little tribute on Facebook and, uh, so many people reached out about that. And I thought, you know, maybe there is something really special here that, uh, I can craft into a meaningful story. Mm -hmm. And Carrie used to always say, take your broken heart and go make art. And I, I think that's perfect. It and, is. Uh, and that's what I, that's what I tried to do in writing this book that was inspired by my, my time with her. No. And that's beautifully put. Um, I feel like it speaks to even not just personal assistance. Uh, I was thinking about myself in my early twenties working for corporations that you think, well, this is it now. Like this is all I do. And then it took me a while to be like, hmm, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't be doing, I don't think this is very healthy of me. Um, and then it, it took me a while to realize too. And one of my friends actually uh, told me, she was like, you're always loyal to yourself and your family because no corporation will ever be 100% loyal to you. And I was like, oh shit, like that's, that's it. So I got that vibe too. I was like, people could relate this from early twenties or whatever age they're in where they are stuck, not stuck, but like working so much. And they're like starting to question, where did I blur the line? <laughs> when is everything seeking in and everything like that? So I thought that was very important and powerful for people to read as well too. 
cool. And it is a weird, this thing about being attached to our jobs is a very tricky thing in mm. society, culture, all that stuff. And my own, like I, I'm 43. I look back at, uh, I look at younger people who don't necessarily have those hangups and I think it's great. And it's interesting how, um, for my generation, it was like, uh, yeah, you don't leave a job until you have another one, yep. you, you know, all these things. And nowadays, um, younger people are talking about, well, which job is better for my mental health yep. and, uh, I loved, I love it. I think it's great. And, uh, likewise, but, yeah, it, it definitely, um, so, because I work in human resources, I have for six years. Oh my gosh! So I see that different generational gap where there are from older generations that are like, "Oh no, you no job is perfect," which is true. You stick it out to nothing to where you have like Gen Zs or millennials coming in. They're like, "Nope, not for me. <laughs> Got a bad vibe. I'm gone." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Or create they they. Uh... I don't know, I say they as if I think just millennials or something make memes, but I saw a meme that was like, we you do. know, you're, <laughs> got it, got it. Your boss will, you know, your job will replace you in like under 30 days. Oh, so if correct. You die. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I just think uh, in, in some ways we're living through hell and in other ways we're having these moments that are like, I hope this changes the whole world. No, definitely. I definitely see that. And I, again, it took me a while though. I'm almost 30 now. Are we 29 uh, this year? I youth, know. Youth. <laughs> so, Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks. It's actually next month, which is wild to think that uh, it's almost March. Um, but I do remember being younger and thinking like, you just work the nine to five and that's it. And now that life has happened and a lot more traumatic events have happened, especially these past few years, I'm like, mm, maybe I won't check my emails much at home. Maybe I, you know what? No. And I always joke, even with my husband who... I'm calling him out. It's pretty bad um, at checking his emails and stuff like that. I'm like, mm, you're not salary. You shouldn't be doing that. I'm like, mm, over three minutes, you should get paid. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I'll put it down. Like, yeah. Stop. Good for you. Yeah. I'm I love it. I love it. Very much a uh, work-life balance. Um, so speaking of the writing path that you're on now, did you always want to be a writer or is that something um, that you just picked up one day and was like, hmm, maybe I should, or was it always in the back of your mind? How did that, how did you come to the realization of, Hey, I could do this for a living. I always wanted to be in the circus, mm -hmm. um, whatever that looks like. I mean, the literal circus, I remember as a kid daydreaming about that. Mm -hmm. And then my sister and I would put on plays for uh, the family on Christmas Eve. And, uh, and then I got into journalism, which is storytelling, yeah. uh, especially TV journalism, where you have to... Um, you know, present something in a couple minutes that's engaging yeah. and has a through line and um, all that stuff. So, um, so writing this book was a natural progression in just my life as a writer. Um, I also uh, wrote a, a indie film um, mm. with Octavia Spencer that that uh, we produced, and I was in with her, and we won Best Comedy at Comic Con. And then I wrote a uh, web series about testicular cancer when I was going through that. Uh, I wrote a play called Tilda Swinton Answers an Ad on Craigslist. And uh, so I was just kind of, you know, when I look at all that stuff, I'm like, well, what have I not done? I haven't done a book right. yet. And my husband was, a, uh, was uh, having great success in publishing and he's mm -hmm. still um, a working author with, with uh, 
His latest is called The Gunkel, which is hilarious and brilliant and going to be made into a movie. Uh, his name is Stephen Rowley, if anyone wants to look that up. Uh, it, you won't be disappointed. He, so he many great might movies. be on an episode in like oh, good. three weeks. Good, good, good. Yeah, he's, a, he's oh, I love him. And his work is uh, so full of heart and so funny. And yes. so I had all this in my life. And, um, and then my experience with Carrie, which I thought could be... Um, a great work of art that could be meaningful to people. And mm. so I just started uh, knocking it out. And I'm lucky that I have Stephen who um, would look at pages with me and oh. uh, other writer friends who would help guide the process. But it was a learning experience because I had written these other things, but this was my first novel. So right. there was a lot of like taping pages to the walls and <laughs> uh, making sure the character wants are clear in every every mm -hmm. section and that kind of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, Stephen is the best name possible. Right. So <laughs> glad Thank that you. he was there. Yeah. Um, spoiler, you did it. My spoiler two alert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely uh, interviewed him a, a while back. Um, but then death happened to my family. No episodes oh. came out for a couple months. So it's coming back soon, though. Uh, okay. By the time this episode's out, Sunshine Stephen will be back in full swing. So that's good. Um, but I, I remember messaging him after. I read both the Gunkle and then Lily and the Octopus. And I was like, I cried again. And he was like, are we even friends? I made you cry twice now. And Aww. I was like, but Lily and the Octopus, and I haven't had the chance to talk to him about it, but that I started reading that when my grandfather was passing away. Yeah. So it was like, oh my gosh. And then like two or three weeks after that, my dog started to get sick. Oh, He's no. fine now, okay. knock on wood. <laughs> but we thought it was like the moment. So I was like, F this book, but I love this book because it sure. drew up all the fills. But what a talented uh, dynamic duo you both are. And I'm glad, though, that you have each other to play off of because I know my husband, he literally says he hasn't read a book since he was forced to in high school. So anytime I write something, <laughs> I'm like, could you read this? He's like, could you read it to me? <laughs> like, uh, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we're lucky. And I can say things to him like uh, we could be in the middle of uh, watching TV or eating dinner and I'd be like, oh my God, I have an idea. I have to go right down. Uh, he'll do the same or it. staying up late working or getting up early to work. So he, uh, I'm lucky in that way. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's really, that's, that's always hope out there for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, you, you know, there are a lot of writers now, especially we were joking before, I think, or did, was, I don't know if that was on the recording because I feel like we've been talking for five hours because we're best friends now. Um, we were talking about how I, my goal is now to interview all um, queer writers and everything like that. Do you have any advice to anybody out there who wants to start that realm or has started, but they don't know where to go? Um, what nuggets of wisdom could you share? Hmm. My big thing is just keep going. Keep going. Like take, take the idea that popped into your your head and go for it. I was just reading some kind of self-help thing where uh, someone was proposing this kind of meditation that is um, all about self-inquiry, which mm. I'm a big fan of. And But this particular meditation starts with saying, um, recognizing your thoughts and saying, who are these thoughts for? Uh -huh. Who are these thoughts here to serve? And it, you know, the idea is that it eventually leads you back and forth, back to yourself. But I would say to people, um, um, queer writers out there, um, who are those thoughts for? And those thoughts are, are for you. It's express them, put them on paper. Um, let's read, let's share, let's all be honest. Yes. Let's, um, 
let's uh, let's read stories where the the big plot has nothing to do with someone coming out. Let's yes. let's just see a gay person going through um, their life. And uh, I when I read art like that um, or see TV or movies that uh, feature a queer character in that way, I, I always feel um, seen. Um, it makes me feel good. Um, you know, so I, I think it's, uh, I just think it's so important to keep going, uh, believe in your art, believe in the message that, that came into your mind for whatever reason, and trust it and share it. No, definitely. And I, I feel like in the past couple of years, we've had a wave of a lot of queer stories that aren't just surrounded by, oh, it's just a coming out, which those aren't bad necessarily, but it, there, there's a lot more to offer. I remember growing up, they're really, especially in a small town in Blackshire, Georgia, there was nothing really for me to get my hands on. Um, but then I remember when No Shade to Ryan Murphy, love you, but Glee, looking back, was problematic in some points, but so good in others. But that was the main storylines with the queer characters and that are coming out. And it almost made me scared a little, like, is this what it's going to be like? Like, mm-hmm. oh, but now I'm like, oh, there are, there are a lot more varieties and stories take your book for an example you know the career the um just the uh, scenes where charlie's with you know all the other assistants and everything you know it's like oh there's social aspects that we can explore job aspects there's just so much so um i'm all here for more sharing of that for sure clearly because yeah. i keep reading it and interviewing people so <laughs> more in, <laughs> here for yeah. it yeah and it's, it, you know, the thing that makes art uh, so great is uh, being relatable. And uh, so queer writers out there, your story is relatable. It is important. I'm cheering you on. Yes. You have cheerleaders here. Woo-hoo! <laughs> now, one question I always ask guests, um, and you do not have to feel um, obligated to say family members, because a lot of people think that you could say whoever you want you could list a lot of people but I always ask who inspires you and then if you want to give a little tidbit why they inspire you oh my gosh well I sometimes it feels like I'm inspired um every day by the littlest things but um one person who I who I go back to a lot is uh, this lady named Angela Hill who is a uh, she's retired now but she was a tv news anchor in New Orleans and she was a huge star. Uh, everyone watched. And um, when I started working at that TV station, she kind of took me under her wing. And she was kind of like, uh, I'm, I'm, she was kind of like my TV mom, uh, my yeah. newsroom mom. And uh, she would do the littlest things for me, which were the biggest things for me, like get me a cake for my birthday oh. or, uh, or take me out to eat. And I just had these moments where like, so, so when she went out to eat, when she took me out to eat, we would go to the French Quarter. Um, she would park in like a special parking spot. We would walk through the kitchen of the restaurant. She'd hello everyone, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And we go eat, and I'd order soup or something because I didn't want to spend a lot of money. And you know, right. it was just that kind of. Um, but she saw me, and um, and that was uh, that was really valuable and inspiring, and made me feel worthy of being seen and present in the world. Um, so I don't know if that's the kind of answer you're looking for, but oh, definitely, I, you know, I, I, I lived in a small town for a while in Louisiana and I remember everyone there when you asked them, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they would all say, Oh, a pharmacist, 
um, because the town pharmacist was like the shit. Oh, okay. Like the guy everyone knew. He was the guy who helped you feel better with the medicine and all yeah. that stuff. And uh, and I'm lucky that I got to meet a news anchor because I think to myself, all those folks met the the uh, pharmacist and they want to be a pharmacist. And I'm right. lucky that I met this news anchor and was like, oh, I maybe I could do that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that whole thing has inspired me in so many ways in her seeing me um, as someone who needed to be seen meant mm-hmm. a lot to me. Um, the idea of being exposed to other careers and other people and other lifestyles and the value of that. Um, so I don't know, that was when I was like, I don't know, 19 or 20. And, uh, but I still hold, hold that in my heart as like a meaningful time in my life when I could have, uh, you know, um, when stayed in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Follow your dreams or, or, uh, you know, started, start some corporate job or something that really. Correct. Me. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that those moments always stick with us, us as a society in general, <laughs> not us only, but, um, moments like that and it um, almost makes me think of you know even in high school and stuff like that that one caring teacher or mentor that kind of shaped the way you are or in college whatever it might be so I'm always here for those moments those are yeah those are the people those are the women too that we like to keep it in, in yeah isn't that true it fascinates me too uh, it's I really when I really look back at the roster of people who had the most impact in my life it's hard to find a lot of guys yeah exactly it's like woman woman gay man woman woman <laughs> like yeah 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 i'm not complaining I, i'm not complaining i love it yeah exactly uh so the next part um is rapid fire questions i actually created two and i have to make sure that i read them off so i, I don't butcher them that are kind of catered to you and then i have um actually added two so it's 70 seven random questions i'm not gonna ask all of them i'll pick a few (laughs) you're like well let me cancel everything for the rest of the day (laughs) um so the first one um i do have to do a callback to the book the one scene that had me um cracking up is when kathy and charlie are um i think i relate to this because this happened to me once but Mm -hmm. they are shoveling all the food they don't want to eat and they don't want to be disrespectful for into kathy's purse um and it made me think of a time in college where I went to eat ate, eat sushi for the first time mm-hmm. and I didn't realize it. And they were like, oh, it's all you can eat. But whatever you don't eat, you get charged for. And I'm like, I'm in college. I can't afford a dollar a roll. So I tried raw tuna and it was disgusting. It, oh, I was no. like, oh, and then there's another girl that uh, was at our table and she was like, I don't like mine either we're poor college kids. We were like, we can't afford, like, what are we going to do? So it's like, give it all to me. And I stuffed it into a napkin and put it in my pocket and then went and threw it away in the bathroom. So I was like, I could, I'm, I'm right there with y'all. I would do that. Genius. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to figure it out. Exactly. I was like, I don't want to be the person that's like, I don't like this. And they'd be like, well, why did you order it? So yeah. my question is a long way to get to it. Um, if you had to, in real life, stuff three different types of food or, dishes that you know you just absolutely couldn't eat but you didn't be mean about it what three dishes or foods would you stuff away and get rid of got it so uh meat i'm not a big meat eater (laughs) um so whatever whatever meat i don't want it um gosh um i'm pretty good about eating my vegetables well that's good yeah (laughs) 
but I, I, there are some kinds of sushi that I don't want to try, you know, um, that counts as, also counts as meat, I guess. Um, God, I love Brussels sprouts now, but I would instantly throw up if I eat them as a child. Yeah. Uh, I do hate cooked spinach. Is that weird? No, it's not because I'm the same way. I don't like cooked spinach. It is. Like, I feel like I'm going to choke on it. It's like a it's, string. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. No joke. I had this conversation with my boss like a week ago and we both said that we'd prefer like a salad with spinach, but we were like, not cooked though. Not cooked What spinach. is the it's deal gross. with cooked spinach? No, Popeye weird. lied to us. He lied yes, to us. Yes, he did. <laughs> it's so gross. God, propaganda. Exactly. Um, so the next question, um, this is just a dumb one that I made up. If a star is bored was made into a musical, who would oh. you cast? And you could pick any variety wow. of the cast in there i know these are hard-hitting questions that you're probably not expecting well the tricky part about that is um i'm not a good theater gay okay well, i mean I, I love theater uh you know i can't get enough and i did my own play for a while but um but man the theater gays who can rattle off the the stars and the names and the productions i'm not not as good but I do say, I will say there's a place in my heart for Kristen Chenoweth. She pops oh. to mind immediately. Um, what a star. Exactly, um, yeah, yeah. She could play um, all the roles. Honestly. honestly, all the roles. And not just in theater, but also film and TV. Yes. Jonathan Groff, there's another one Ugh. who's like, oh my God, yeah. what a dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my husband never missed seriously missing or anything. I would go after Jonathan Groff. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's going to listen to this and be like, what? Who? Huh? It's like you're never watching Frozen again. Yeah. Um, all right. So now let me pick out some random ones. Uh, oh, this relates to music. So hopefully <laughs> it's not musical. So would you rather listen to music from the 70s or music from today? I guess it could be really any decade. Is there a decade of music that sticks out more that you like more? Gosh, um, I am so weird about that stuff, but probably older stuff. So the classics to me, uh, my parents used to give my sister and I like oldies cassette tapes. So mm. like mother-in-law or I heard it on the grapevine or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so those all have a special place in my heart. And then when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Whitney Houston. Oh, um, yeah, naturally. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like The Bodyguard, all that stuff. So um, so all those songs have a really special place in my in my heart. Um, okay. But I also listen to like old folk music sometimes. Uh, sometimes I like to just listen to the soundtrack of like Moulin Rouge. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'll listen to it over and over and over. Um, it helps with writing because I can zone yeah. out, you know. And um, so that's sort of my music go-to. Yeah, that's a good variety. I used to, when I was younger, um when this is gosh it had to be early 2000s but a uh, titanic soundtrack i had it on cassette tape oh my god <laughs> just yes. listen to my heart will go on over and over and then oh. just rewind and listen relying yeah that so i get that zoning out um a favorite hobby that you have you're like, well, writing does. You know what it occurred to me the other day like oh my god i do have a hobby but it's so lame but it's self-help Oh, okay. Is that crazy? No. But I really do love it. Like I love therapy. I love self-help stuff. I was just listening to this podcast called Thrive about this psychiatrist who's into like um, 
researching mushrooms and ketamine and all these alternative mm-hmm. therapies. But, uh, but the idea of um, who is the self, what is the self, what is real, if everything has to be processed through our mind, is it possible that this is all a dream, you know, like that we have no direct contact with reality? I'm touching this table, but it's signals and vibrations going to my mind. Right. Anyway, I love thinking about that. Is that a hobby? That is definitely a hobby. Yes. All right. All yeah, right. it's Let's definitely, I feel like I fall into that hobby sometimes, especially when I go to bookstores and I'm like, where's the self-help? Yes. And I'm like, I need all of them fix me. Save <laughs> like, me. Yes. Um, this one has uh, stumped people before. Um, I already, I already know an automatic answer for me, but what is your favorite movie? Well, I already said the bodyguard, so I'm not yeah. going to, I'll give a different answer okay. based on um, Rose, your dog, Rose. Um, um, big business. Okay. Starring Bette Midler yeah, yeah. and Lily Tomlin. And they play twin sisters, Rose and Sadie. Yep. There's a city version and a country version. Uh, and that, that is where I go to during tough times. So like last year I had to do some chemo and first movie, first day of chemo was big business. Um, then it was, uh, uh outrageous fortune um, overboard all these oh, old movies are just so classics. Um, yeah they're those are all my favorites yes I love I love any any switching so like parent trap um it takes <laughs> two with Mary Kay and Ashley Olsen was a big yeah. thing when I was younger um but I love that too because then they also do like city to country switch and it kind of reminds me of Shit's Creek where you take rich well off and put them in the city or the the country and they're like what the fuck is it so yeah, fish on uh, water yes exactly uh last question what is your favorite movie genre which i feel like you kind of just explained too <laughs> yeah so. i mean comedy um but it's old comedy um, yeah like new comedy is not <laughs> always as interesting rose agrees <laughs> rose rose has feelings about yep. this um so yeah, lately it's been, uh, I've been turning to um, drama, but, and also drama TV has yeah. been really compelling. So, um, so I don't know, I'm down the middle. Yep. Yeah, drama I definitely, TV. yeah, I love horror. That's what we, we're weirdos to go to sleep. Well, like, let's watch a really scary movie. And when it always gets us when it's like based on true events, we're like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we have my best friend, she we'll force her to watch movies. We force her to go see the new Scream. And she's like, how do y'all do this to yourselves? And I was like, I feel like it's just repetitive. Like I, it just, I'm like, meh. I'm so, I'm, I'm so sarcastic now. I'm like, if a killer came to stalk me down, I'd be like, look. Right. <laughs> Unless you're paying bills, get out the house. Right. <laughs> well, it, so. you know, it's fascinating because, um, well, I just saw Scream 3 and I'm not a horror person. So I don't, I didn't get all the references and stuff like that, but, um, but let's look at it. I mean, it makes you think about mortality. It makes you feel fear and feel alive. I mean, um, so I get it. Yes. I actually, um, that's what I write my spare time when I'm bored. Um, (laughs) it's gay horror. Wow. (laughs) That's one of my favorite two John. Well, I guess gay is, or queer, I guess you could say. So, um, I'm here for lots more of those as well, too. Well, keep going with that. I mean, the world w- wants and needs it. Yes. 
I just, yeah, I'm as much as I love our final girls, I'm kind of tired of seeing every horror yeah. movie some girl running, she goes the wrong direction. <laughs> like Steven, Steven, there's space for you, there's a place for you, exactly. Uh, awesome. So, uh, mental health is also something that I value. We touched on a little bit, so I always ask guests, um, what is something that you do to keep your mental health in check that you would? like to share and maybe other people can pick up on and say, oh, let me try that. Okay. So I love this lady from the eighties who has the same name that I do. Her name is Byron, Byron Katie. And she has this um, uh, method of self-inquiry that is basically, is it true? So the thing that I do when I'm, when things are not going well is I try to find out what are the stressful thoughts I'm believing in that moment. So, um, I can't think of like, so just for example, maybe an, someone gave me notes on um, a script or, mm-hmm. a, or a manuscript. And uh, so I, I read these notes and immediately I think to myself, like, I'm no good. I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to, um, Stephen is going to divorce me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to move out. It's like worst case uh, scenario. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's catastrophic thinking. And uh, so the Byron Katie way to look at that is to take each of those stressful thoughts and ask, is it true? Mm-hmm. So is it true that I'm going to be homeless because this person uh, gave me a negative note about this sentence? Like, is right. that really true? Like, how did that happen? And, yeah. uh, and who am I when I believe that? And when I believe that I'm going to be I'm going to lose everything because I I didn't write a perfect manuscript. Mm -hmm. I believe that I'm suffering. Life seems dark and awful. But if I don't believe that, if I think to myself, oh, that's not really true. Who am I then? And then I'm, I'm life. I'm happiness. I'm excited to get these notes. I'm excited to make the project better. Like that's, that's where I go. So I, I'm, I'm big on what's causing the stressful thought. And then is it true? That is definitely a powerful tool to have in your tool belt for mental health. Um, I know I worked with my therapist on the same kind of idea because I'm really bad at worrying and thinking like, oh gosh, if I don't do well at X, Y, and Z, it, all hell's going to break loose. And yep. we do that a lot as humans think worst case oh, for scenario. Sure. <laughs> and it's never yeah. good. And never some people good. feel like it's, um, you know, uh, genetic or a part mm-hmm. of, you know, cause if we uh, saw a lion, and we weren't scared, we were gonna, we'd get killed. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely a place for, for all, all that. But, um, but yeah, just asking, is it true? Is, um, so if I find myself in a field with a lion and, uh, and I wanna run, I'll run. Yeah. Um, and I can also say like, uh, is this fear true? Is this real? And then maybe I'd be like, yes. <laughs> get the hell out of here. Right, the lion's yeah. gonna maul me, let me yeah. go, yes. But it could also be, oh, uh, that is a stuffed animal or that's mm. a tree, um, you know, tree. that kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway. No, that's that's a good way to look at it. Um, recommendations. I always like to know um, anything you're obsessed with. It doesn't have to be anything recent, anything um, maybe you just discovered that is older. We're talking movies, books, TV shows, podcasts or music. Wow. Got it. Okay. Yeah. No pressure. So, um, music, I am listening to, um, this artist named princess pangolin. Let me see. I'm pulling out. I've got my phone right here. Oh, princess pangolin, uh, P A N G O L I N. And it's this very folksy, um, light chipper, 
uh, music. And so I've been writing to that a lot lately. It's been super cool and lovely and great. Um, all right, that's music, um, books. So I got to recommend my husband's book, The Gunkle. Same. It, it's so great. It's so funny. It's so full of heart and humor. And that's the kind of thing I love too. Um, all of Carrie Fisher's books are brilliant. Mm. Um, my favorite is uh, Surrender the Pink. Uh, and that has a special place in my heart because there was a time where she was thinking about adapting that to film mm. and she wanted uh, the book transcribed. And so I had to get the audio tape, uh, you know, go to Audible, mm-hmm. download it, put on headphones, and she read the audio book. So I would listen to her, read her own book while I typed it all out oh. um, so that it could be converted. Um, but I loved it. And it was, a, yeah. it, that's such a, such a great book. Movies, um, for whatever reason, the film Meet Joe Black popped into my head as a, as a meaningful film. It's yeah. one that uh, my husband and I um, love. And it was one of the one of the things that we um, connected on when we first started dating. Um, so that was that was a sweet. Oh, another book I want to mention: Cavalier and Clay, which has been out forever, but I just read uh, for the first time and really loved the Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. And gosh, um, you know uh, Michael Chabon, and you just read some of that stuff, and mm-hmm. um, I'm like, how did he how did he construct the sentence? Like it's right. just. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And uh, anyway, so those are some of my recommendations. Lovely. I, I definitely wrote some of those down so I can check it, them out. Cool. Um, I feel like we all, especially in these past couple of years, <laughs> have a lot more time sometimes to pick up new things and discover uh, new movies, music, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, I did want to give you a, a moment if you wanted to um, let listeners know where they can find you. Not like your address or anything, but yeah. feel free if you want to get stalked. Um, sure. Where they can find you socially, yeah. um, any projects that you want to plug or anything like that, feel free to announce. Got it. Well, thanks, friend. Um, so uh, I'm easy to find uh, byronlane.com and I'm the same on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and my book stars board is now out in paperback. Yeah. And it's in different countries. Not that oh my I gosh. Yeah. Croatia, <laughs> Croatia and France. Uh, that's, that's been really fun. It's really oh, been yeah. really fun. I think it's really cool. Well, um, I thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm going to end the recording, but I will say goodbye afterwards. So you don't have to hang up. <laughs> I okay. forgot well, thank to mention you. that. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you so oh, much. Of course. Thank you so much. I always love and hold dearly to my heart conversations like that with people like that. So be sure to go get his book and follow his journey. Thanks. Uh, for Meditation Minute, hear yourself talk. It's very true. Sometimes we need to, you know, realize the words and thoughts and poison sometimes. That's coming out of our mouths. So hear yourself talk. And enjoy this week's Meditation Minute.
Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode of Sunshine Steven down in the history books. Thanks so much for coming and listening. And um, also a big shout out and thank you to Byron Lane, who took the, the time out of his life to chat with me and have to put up my ridiculous questions. <laughs> and um, all in all, it was, a, it was a great time, good time. Uh, I will link all of his information and stuff like that down below. You can also find my stuff to follow me uh, with at Sir Stephen Rice at Facebook on, at, <laughs> at Sir Stephen Rice on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, and I think that's all. Um, so that will be down below. Be sure to check out A Star Is Bored. Again, such a good, heartwarming, funny. When it needs to be sad, when it needs to be, but then you know, it's just spicy. So I get sad at everything. But just an overall, really, really good read. So make sure you go and support and read it and come back next week when I have more <laughs> uh, Sunshine Steven coming your way. And don't forget to check in with yourself. Um, May is Mental Health Month, which is, I believe, next week. Yeah, it's the start of next week. So Mental Health Month 2022. Here we go. Check in on yourself. Treat yourself. Stay safe out there. And until next time, have a fantastic day. <laughs>